I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey, everyone. I'm Daria Rose, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Ashley, who had a pretty normal dieting experience. She she dieted for a while, had some success, weight came back, she was miserable. And then she found Foodist and Summer Tomato and everything changed. She lost weight. She was eating foods she loved. She was super happy with it. And then dun, 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 she had a life change and she changed her job actually so that she was working from home instead of in the office. And while she loved this new flexibility, understandably, it actually unraveled quite a few of her good habits, largely because of the decisions she was making and the actions on those decisions were not happening like they used to or not happening at the right time either. And that was actually really critical uh, for us to figure out in this conversation. So we talk about her lunch and we talk about her biggest issue, which was snacking while she's preparing dinner for her family after work when she's super stressed and has a million things going on. And it was hard for her to just sort of stop and not eat junk food that was all over the kitchen while she was preparing because she was hungry and just totally wiped out. So we talk about these issues. We come up with a strategy that sounds like it'll work for her. And what I want you to listen for are the cues and the techniques that you can use in your life for those times when you get overwhelmed and you're tired and you're hungry and all those things happen at once and you feel like you can't come up for air. And so you make terrible decisions. There are like, this is not, this is optional. This is not something you have to do. And a few little subtle techniques can help you break out of that autopilot and get back in touch with what you actually want and do the things that you actually want to do to feel good later. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi, Daria. Thank you for having me. How can I help you today? Well, I wanted to get some feedback from you, I guess, for some troubleshooting. I have had success with principles that you have uh, preached on through the book and the podcasts and your website. But I have had a change happen over the last year and have seen some of that success diminish. And I'm just trying to find that magic again. Okay. Can you give me a brief overview on what what you meant when you had success? Sure. So, um, okay. If, If I go back a ways and just give you a brief history of my issues with weight and weight maintenance... I've never been hugely overweight, but I've always been a little heavier than I would like to. So, uh, and I have had success in the past with Weight Watchers and with calorie counting. So I initially had, I lost like 30 pounds on Weight Watchers back in 2002, 2003. So 13 years ago or so. And I was able to keep my weight constant for about five or six years uh, until I got pregnant. And so when, but during that time when I was maintaining that weight, I still never quite felt thin enough and I, it always felt like a struggle. Yeah. So that's what I call like the myth of the successful dieter. Exactly. Exactly. So it would, my weight would be low when I was being more like rigid with myself. 
but then, you know, as I would sort of loosen up on counting my points or whatever it was, then it would start to creep up. So it was just always felt like I was strong arming myself into, you know, being at a, at a normal weight, which still didn't feel like enough. Got it. So, all right. So then between 2009, 2012, I had two pregnancies during both pregnancies. I gained a lot of weight. Um, and I think that was due to the, what the hell effect. Sure. Like, you know, You're, right. the, the weight, the dieting rebound. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, what the hell? I mean, I'm going to get fat anyway, cause I'm going to have a baby. So I might as well enjoy it. And you know, 60 pounds later, I'm a miserable nine month pregnant lady. Uh, but both of those times I did lose that weight on Weight Watchers and uh, now I'm done having kids. Um, so I had my youngest child in 2012 and then I bought your book at the end of 2013 and it just made a huge impact. So I quit Weight Watchers. I stopped that sort of off on mentality, uh, the black, white thinking. And over the next year or so, I just slowly lost weight. It's, it felt effortless. I felt like I was just totally in alignment with the values that you had preached in your book. So fantastic. Congratulations. That's a huge change because I know how much it sucks to spend five, six years feeling like a failed success on a low calorie diet. So yes, it's, an, it's it a was, great transition. It was wonderful. And everybody was like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? What are you eating? They wanted some like magic pill I was taking or, you know, oh, I stopped eating bread or some really simple answer. And when I would just tell them, well, I'm just eating real food and eating only when I'm hungry, it was always sort of disappointing to them. But I was like, no, <laughs> don't be disappointed. You should be excited. Right. That's great news. You should love yeah. this. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay. So last summer, I, I had a fairly big lifestyle change in that I started working from home full time. So it was great for me professionally because like, my kids are young and it gives me a lot of flexibility. But the bad thing is it gives me a lot of flexibility. And so I went from, you know, a very uh, routine sort of regimented schedule to my day to just ha having everything sort of be up in the air and I can manage my time as I see fit. And so it's a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that over that past year, my weight just, it almost started creeping up immediately. I mean, just without, without really me noticing it at first. Uh, and then, uh, I would say earlier this summer, I had, a my annual physical with my doctor and it was like, Oh, okay. Right there. That's it. That's 10 pounds in a year. That's not good. That's, you know, if I keep this up, I'm going to be really in a, in a, in a bad place. So what I've done since then, um, I went back to counting calories this summer for a couple of months and I got the 10 pounds off. So, I mean, obviously I can do the dieting thing, mm -hmm. you know, when I want to, but I'm not going to count calories for the rest of my life. And I don't like doing that. I thought I could feel myself towards the end, slipping back into those bad habits of being good and being bad you know, being good, I start being good on Monday, and then things sort of start to loosen up by the end of the week. And then the weekend is a little bit of a free for all. And so now over the last few weeks, I've just been thinking, I need to nail down my habits so that I can at least maintain this weight. And, um, you know, ideally, I'd like to lose another couple pounds. So 
that's when I reached out to you because I've been a longtime fan of the podcast and I heard you calling for people that would be open to coaching. And uh, in my initial communication with you, I said, you know, I have a few habits that I think I need some troubleshooting on. Uh, You asked me to nail it down to a couple habits. And I would say there is one habit in particular that I would really like to get your help on. Okay. And that is uh, snacking while I'm preparing dinner. Interesting. (laughs) So the end of my day tends to be very stressful. Um, I my daughter's home from school, then we go and pick up her brother at daycare. And then it's just sort of a rush of activities for the next few hours. And when I first get home from picking my son up at daycare, it's like that's when it starts. And it's a high stress time for me. You know, I can feel the physiological manifestations of stress. um, And it just I just find that I'm snacking while I'm cooking. And then when I actually sit down to eat a fairly healthy meal that I've prepared, I'm not as hungry as I'd like to be because I've put this junk into my body. And I just sort of get frustrated with myself every day about this particular behavior. Okay. So we're before, this was not a problem before. You didn't do the snacking while cooking. Before um, this, well, I would say when I was when I was counting calories, I didn't really do it because I was in that sort of I'm on the straight and narrow mentality. As I've tried to loosen up a little bit and make things more natural and less regimented, that's when I find that it happens. Okay, so it's it's sort of one of your go to I'm not restraining myself behaviors. Yeah, that's probably. True. Yeah. Okay. And what are you snacking on? Because you called it's it junk. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually just the snack food that I've bought for my kids. So uh, pretzels, crackers, uh, cheese, nuts sometimes. So it's not like the stuff you're cooking. It's is you're actually getting out different snacks. Right. Sometimes it's the stuff I'm cooking. Like it might be the stuff I'm cooking for my kids, if I'm making them something different, like if I'm cooking them fish sticks or, you know, chicken nuggets or something that's sort of like that kid food, junk food category, I will often, you know, sneak a fish stick here and that sort of thing. All right. Do you find that you are, you're probably a little bit hungry during this time, right? Because you are cooking dinner. It's like dinner time. Yes, I am hungry. I mean, ideally I've always thought this was, I had this same problem when I was in my Weight Watchers phase before I had my kids, when I like I would still have the same tendency where at the end of the day, it would be like, oh, thank God, now I can eat. <laughs> you know, I've been, quote, good all day. Now I can reward myself with, you know, food. And some when I was doing the Weight Watchers, a lot of times it would just be I would eat a bigger than necessary dinner. Um, but now I just it's it's these little bites and snacks while I'm cooking dinner. And what would you say, how much do you think this adds up to? Have you thought about it? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's probably like two to 500 calories. I mean, that'll, that'll do it. That'll do 10 pounds in a year. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, So there's, there's a couple of things, ways to tackle this. Um, I mean, and you, you seem to have already a good idea that, 
it's likely related to both either or probably both, I would guess, but probably both actual hunger Mm -hmm. and probably a little fatigue thrown in there too, which is similar. And then also stress. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that combination makes you make bad choices because you're eating things that are not things you would normally eat. Right. Right. And probably overdo it. It's really hard to stop once you, (laughs) once once you go fish stick, it's hard to, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. it's hard to pump the brakes. So, so there's a, you know, there's that, that lends itself to a few potential strategies. Um, But before we go there, let me ask you during the day, are you feeling satisfied with all your meals? I am. I, I find that I'm not that hungry in the morning. So I don't, I'm, I think I tend to backload my calories in general. I think I've always done that. I just prefer to eat a heavier meal at, in the evening. And so breakfast and lunch, I don't really feel like are the problem. Although lunch, I'm still doing a little bit of troubleshooting and just figuring out exactly what I like to eat because it was almost easier when I worked in an office because I would make the decision about what I was going to eat lunch early in the morning when I still had my full reservoir of willpower. Right. (laughs) You know, and then once that decision was made, it was like, well, this is what I brought. So this is what I'm going to eat. And I ate a lot of salads and that's really what I remember eating a lot of when I was uh, really having a lot of success with the foodist principles. It was a lot of salads and avocado and, and that was enough satisfied. to get you through to dinner? Um, I was, I might've been having an afternoon snack. I, it's hard to remember exactly, but it, yeah, I remember feeling pretty satisfied. And I, I really, when I was losing a lot of weight right after I read your book, I also had a mentality where I was sort of embracing the feeling of hunger. So that was sort of a change for me. Whereas before, like when I was on Weight Watchers, I was sort of taught, oh, don't let yourself get too hungry. And I don't remember exactly how you addressed this in the book, but just, I remembered feeling like, well, if I feel hungry, that's not like a fatal issue. It's okay for me to feel hungry a little bit because I know I'm going to be eating dinner soon. Right. So I think I was just better at embracing it and maybe having some built-in patience. Mm -hmm. And, And now when I get home with my kids and I feel like I've got all these demands and all these things that I have to do before I can eat. I just don't feel like I can wait. Right. And now you have the option to to make different choices. Right. Because when you were at work, you had what you had. Right. And you could, and even if like part of you was like, yeah, if there was pizza in front of me or something more decadent, maybe I'd eat it, but I have a salad and then you eat it and then you're satisfied and you're like, well, see, I can do this. Exactly. Right. But when you're at home and you're like, well, I could have that salad but I'm starving. And actually those like noodles that are left over from my kids, like spaghetti yesterday (laughs) sound pretty darn good. Yeah. And I have, I tried for a while when I was work, when I started working from home to do the salads, the lunchtime salads. And I, I started feeling like it was taking too much time. Hmm. Like I was like, all right, well, I got to kind of cut up the lettuce and I got to warm up this chicken and cut up the chicken. I don't know. It just felt sort of just like a lot of work. Interesting. How are you doing it before when um, you were taking him to work? 
I was, uh, you know, I think I was doing probably a lot of the same things. There was a, um, a blend of like a nut mix that I was getting from Trader Joe's that uh, had like little wasabi peas and almonds and raisins. And so a lot of times I would just take like a little Tupperware full of lettuce and maybe some shredded carrots. And then I would put some of that nut mix on there and maybe an avocado, toss it with a little bit of dressing. And then that was it. And that was like a salad that I ate day in, day out. And you liked it. And I liked it. I mean, it was good. Yeah. I think I'm hearing a pattern. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds to me like you're having, you had a lot of success. Like you said earlier, when you made your decisions before you were hungry. Mm-hmm. So if you would make your decisions in the morning or maybe even on a, on a weekend or, or you plan stuff in advance and not just make the decision, but actually do some of the work. Mm-hmm. And, and that enabled you to sort of pre-commit. Uh, I call this the Ulysses strategy, <laughs> sort of. Okay. When, um, when Ulysses knew he was going to be passing the sirens along his journey on the Odyssey, he mm-hmm. had his crew strap him to the mast <laughs> so, <Right>. <laughs> before he got there so that there was no way he could break his promise to himself of not being tempted. Mm-hmm. So uh, committing to something and taking the actions of that commitment before you are faced with the actual situation takes a lot of the difficult willpower decisions out of the equation because you make them when they're not hard. Right. Okay. I like it. So the question I think, well, so this this is just one strategy. I'm just like throwing this out there, but like one way we could tackle this is to ask, how can we instate more of that? in your life now, even though your situation at, like with your work is less structured? Mm-hmm. Like, can you make these decisions on the weekends? Can you make these decisions in the mornings? What do you think? Well, the decision about lunch, I can see how I can see how I can pre-make the lunch decision. I mean, because what I could do is just basically go ahead and prepare my lunch even as if I'm going to an office and have it even just sitting in the fridge so that when it's lunchtime, I just, you know, get it out, do the same amount of work that I would do in an office setting. And then I'm not making any decisions. I'm just carrying out the plan. Right. Does that sound doable or does that sound insane? Uh, it, it sounds doable. And I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's completely doable. I'm already preparing my daughter's lunch. Oh, so cool. You know, so you have I'm, a trigger built in. Right. Oh, yeah. Like the habits, tying it in with the, the trigger. I like that. So, so you're, I mean, you're already making your daughter's lunch. It actually will probably save you time and thought and all that to just do yours at the same time. Right. And it's okay to just then have it sitting in the fridge and take it out and either zap it in the microwave or toss it with some salad dressing if it's a salad. Right. Because then you'll definitely eat it. Right. And then if you're still hungry after that, whatever, you can make your decision at that point, but you'll probably be fine because already, you've already known you can do this for a while. Right. Right. All right. Well, how about snacks? Um, for like while I'm cooking? Yeah. Um, I'm trying. So I've always thought the ideal situation would be I hire a butler and a chef. <laughs> and <laughs> 
I call him or her when I'm on my way home with the kids and say, go ahead and put everything on the table. And we walk in, sit down and eat. <laughs> Great idea. Done. My, my job here is done. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not sure how to translate this strategy to dinner. Okay. Um, well, one, what we were talking about, like the context was that you sort of decided beforehand that, you know, what you would eat. Mm-hmm. when you're not hungry and prepared it ahead of time. So one of the issues it sounds like, like we talked about is you're, you are hungry mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of willpower at this time. So right. uh, allowing uh, the grazing situation, like, you know, it's not working for you. Right. So my, so I, I'm actually, I think, I think this is pretty common. Like I had the same problem uh, in when I was a grad student, I would come home from a long day in lab and then I would go to the gym. And so I would come home and I would just be starving, like so hungry. <laughs> and like the idea of like, it, it, got, it got really tempting to like go just stop and get something on the way home that was made. So I wouldn't have to think, you know, I could just like eat, like I just wanted to eat so bad. But, yeah. um, so one thing that I, I learned that I need to do is, have like I usually have a piece of fruit before I start cooking dinner, like an apple or whatever's in season, mm-hmm. just because it gives me it gives me that feeling of like it gives me a little break. You know, it's five minute little break, but it's a, it's a little break, a little downtime, and it just puts enough blood sugar and in, back into my brain for me to like not be totally panicked about how hungry I am, and my had to just stop my body from freaking out. I'm still hungry enough to eat dinner, and mm-hmm. it's not a bad choice, right? And so maybe some, maybe something like that. Yeah. Like I have thought about that before. Like maybe I need to just plan for, maybe what I need to do is just when I walk in the door, cut up an apple, sit down and just eat it. (laughs) And like you said, it's five minutes. There's, I think there's part of it that's a little bit emotional because like you said, in reaction to the stress, because I just find it very stressful. We walk in the door, the dog is looking at me wanting food. My son wants me to turn on cartoon for him. You know, my daughter wants something else and I need to hurry up and fix dinner before they start asking for, you know, more snacks. Mm -hmm. So you're overwhelmed. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Even just talking about it, I can feel like- It's stressing me out. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what what's up? You can feel it in your throat. Yeah, like I can feel like my throat constricting, just those physiological symptoms of like, ugh, just just stressful. Mm-hmm. Those are great to pay attention to, by the way. Okay, yeah, I need I try to be mindful of that, but I don't always translate that into a um productive action. Yeah. One thing I do sometimes when when I when I notice feelings like that in myself, I'll just take not even 30 seconds, like 10 seconds, close my eyes and breathe into where I feel that pressure. And it is usually in my chest or in my neck or in my jaw or something like that. And then breathe out, like kind of breathe into that area and then let it go with your exhale, like relax that area. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about this, it's just a little fast little fix and it doesn't, it's not going to solve your problem, but it, it gives you a, there's a, your body, it's not a one-way street. Like stress causes your body to tension, tense up, but also mm-hmm. releasing that tension in your body can help relieve some of the perception of stress that your brain is feeling. Okay, right. 
Cause like it's a feedback. Yes. It, your, your brain takes some of the feedback from your body. So if you can relax some of that, it'll give you just a, a glimpse of control again. Okay. Which can be really powerful at times like that when you're like, when you feel like you're getting caught up in that like rush around, overwhelm. I, there's so much to do and I'm so hungry and I'm so stressed that like, I'm just going to like plow through this kind of on autopilot just to get through it. it get, uh-huh. You lose, that is giving up control when you, when, when that, when those sorts of mechanisms take over. So it gives you a, a little break and like to, in a, a pause for you to re uh, assess the situation and get back into control. Yeah. Like just a little bit of space, just a little space. And in th- that little space, you can choose to have an apple. Right. Uh, you know, what I really like about that is that it's giving me something to do because something that I've really struggled with this particular challenge is I'm trying so hard to not do something and that I just haven't been successful with that. It's like, there will be days when I'm like, all right, today I am not, I am not going to snack. I'm just going to cook and, you know, it'll be ready soon. And it's just, it's easier for me to think about doing something than not doing something. So this is a very active, like, all right, I can walk in the door and I can get these these two kids and this dog settled and that once that's taken care of, I can breathe, give myself a little bit of breathing room, (laughs) literally. And, and then just sit down and have, have an apple and space out for a minute before I jump into the next activity. I think there's so often we just, you don't even feel like, I don't even feel like I can take that five minutes, but if I think about it rationally, the way you've just reflected it back to me, it's only five minutes. Right. I mean, it's totally worth that investment. Um, but I just, yeah, I think that it's not just the eating of the apple. I think I actually need to sit down and like flip through a magazine or scroll through Facebook or, you know, just sort of do something that's not such a high demand kind of activity. Right. Cause what you're doing is you're basically like running through the stress. Like you're just, you, you, you sort of like put on your helmet, like (laughs) put put your head down and sort of like push through it or like kind of push it away. You like push away everything. And what you're describing that, that is a natural reaction to that is to go on autopilot. And when you go on autopilot, that's when you start making bad food decisions. Yes. And so, yeah, that this is a a very common thing um, that we all get like stress, especially people who've dieted. Like when we are, like are avoiding things like food is kind of something that is very tempting. You know, it's a very easy way. To, it's an easy path to go down. And so, yeah, a little bit of breathing room re- and not trying to push it away anymore. Like you said, just letting it be You're like, I'm stressed, but like right now nothing's happening. Like the mm-hmm. kids are in, doing their thing. The dog's fed. I have five minutes. I really do. Right. right. And dinner will still be ready at like the normal time. And I'll still, and I'll be hungry enough to eat it. And right. I just, I mean, there are some times that I, I sit down and I still feel like I'm obligated to eat it, even though I might not even be that hungry because I've had these snacks. Right. Shocking that you're not hungry in the morning. <sighs> really? I mean, if you're overeating at dinner. Yeah. I, I think it's the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm going to try this. I think. I think this can work. And I have some really good looking apples too. I mean, it's apple season. Oh my gosh. Apples are amazing right now. Are you guys all eating apples? You should all be eating apples. They're so good. (laughs) 
Well, this, the other thing I like about this is there sometimes I'm not a huge uh, after dinner snacker. I, I've kind of been able to put the kibosh on that by adopting a tea habit, which I think was something that really stuck around from, from your book. Uh, I really like to have a, a cup of tea after I get the kids to bed and me and my husband finally sit down on the couch. But when I have sort of let things go pre-dinner um, and feel like I've sort of ruined the day, every now and then I will slip back into that. What the hell? And, you know, especially start coming into this time of year, there's going to be a lot of candy in my house. We've already got Halloween candy and then it's, you know, one holiday after another. Um, sometimes the snacking before dinner can feel like a, um, what's the word? The habit guide talks about like capstone habits or oh, keystone, keystone habit. Yeah. Keystone habit. That's a Charles Duhigg's book, the power of habit. Yes. So sometimes, you know, I just feel like that's a, if I can maintain that sense of control pre dinner, I think it will serve me for the rest of the evening. Absolutely. Right. Cause you're not just feeding the monster. Exactly. And then writing the ups and downs. Fantastic. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your help. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, please keep, keep me posted. I'm really, I'm really curious how this works out. And I think we might have a pretty good plan for your lunch as well. Yeah, I, I am. I'm going to try with the, I'm going to try to get back into the salad thing. Great. Try the, try to get it ready in the morning and have that decision be made. And then I've got my afternoon apple should get me through the rest of the day. Perfect. All right. I'm excited. Thanks so much, Ashley. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.